for it to be This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. And I'm Artie Dotson. <laughs> Here's the deal, folks. Uh, you know how you when you mishear someone's name and then you call them by that name? Uh, well, sometimes you just you just go with it. You just go, yeah, but, but, uh, but that's happened tonight. Someone, uh, our guest tonight is called Kyle Artie. <laughs> So uh, I I love it. I I think it's better than your real name. Be, <laughs> yeah, it's be, good. It's good. I guess, is that short for Arthur? He kind of looks like an Artie. Kind of looks like an Artie, yeah. and yeah. that that might not be a compliment. But <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, but the voice you just heard that is uh, that is of course uh, our guest tonight, Terry Nunn. Hello, Terry Nunn. How are you? I'm good. I want to call you <laughs> Terry Nunn. I don't want to call you just Terry. I want to call you by the full thing. I my, won't do that. My younger son, he calls me Terry Nunn. It's it's one word. Well, he should be calling you mom. Well, I he came into my life when he was three years old. Oh, okay. And my other son was six, and and so Kenny, the three year old, mm-hmm. uh, called me Terry Nunn. Terry Nunn. So Turn did in. so? Can we talk? Did you adopt this uh, this child? No, they're my stepchildren. I they married their oh, father. Of course, okay. Yeah, so they came it. into my life at gotcha. three and six, and now they're twenty four tomorrow, and twenty. And then you and then you told me you have also have a daughter who is my. She's eleven. Yeah. Eleven's a great age, though, isn't it? Uh, she's starting to hate me. I mean, <laughs> you know, she's trying to put the makeup on, go to school, oh. and that, and. You know, wear bras. And I remember I was the same way. I wore my 28 AA bra proudly. You know, I got it out of the Sears catalog because they were the only one that sold it. And I wore it proudly. You know, I had nothing to put in it, but I loved it at 11. Is she sixth grade? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, she's my uh, the eleven year old's putting on a little a little makeup too. Yeah, yeah. it's hard, you know, because she's got this gorgeous skin, Mm -hmm. and I tell her I put on makeup to sort of get the glow (laughs) you have when you wake up, and you don't need it, but she doesn't hear. Doesn't hear it. No. Uh, So everybody, you know, uh, I I, you know I've been tweeting and stuff and promoting, so you already know if you're listening that Terry Nunn is the lead singer, and uh, of Berlin, uh, band from the '80s, big band. If you had MTV in the '80s, Berlin, all over MTV. Um, you weren't. Uh, you're not on the first Berlin album. The very first Berlin album came out on a German label. I don't remember what it was called. It's called Information is yes. the album. I was in the band, and I had a falling out with the keyboardist, okay. who was kind of financing the band. Okay, and I walked out right when the German label signed us. Okay. And he found this other girl and stuck her on the record and, and uh, did the record. We don't know that girl, though. We and, know right. Terry and then he disappeared. He, uh-huh. he opened a studio in England. And John Crawford, who mm-hmm. wrote the songs, called me and said, you know, I thought we had something, and that guy's gone. And so come on back. Why don't we do something? Yeah. So we did. And Pleasure Victim was the first one we did together. Pleasure Victim was the first one you did together? First album. Yeah. First album. And let's hear, let's just start it off strong with the Metro. I'm alone, sitting with my empty glass. My old walls follow me through my past. I was on a Paris train. I emerged in London. 
Still sounds great. Thank you. What? How do you? How, now you don't listen to your own albums. What's it like for you when you when I'm playing that? I'm analytical when I listen to my <laughs> music because I think, oh, I could have done that different, that different. But I realize that mm-hmm. that's a losing game. Yeah. Uh, it, early on, I think it was our maybe it was our first tour. Mm-hmm. I ran into Rick Kasich, and he came to one of our shows, and then he took us to his studio. It must have been somewhere in Boston. And I said, what's it like to have an album on the charts Mm -hmm. for, he had one for two years straight. And he said, well, it's awful because, you know, I'm different. And every every year I'm going to be different. And every year I'm going to listen to that album and think, oh, I could have done this different. (laughs) Because I'm a different person now. Right, right. So that's the hard part of listening to my own music is I would never do what I did then. Yeah. Again, even though that's what, made, even made, though made that's what connected with yeah. people, yeah. and I appreciate that. Because there's a part of it you think, well, if you would have done something different, then maybe it w- wouldn't have connected. Yeah, but it's hard to get out of my. An- I mean, yeah. I when I listen to other people's music, I just get into my, you know, right. my sensuality and love it and mm-hmm. feel it, and it's great. But for my own, it's more like more of that critical parent. Yeah, and um, this album. Uh, the first album you're on, it it takes off. It's got like it's got three big songs. Yeah. You're on MTV. What was it like seeing yourself on MTV? Amazing. Just hearing about MTV was amazing. Yeah. Because I heard, you know, when we were kids, because mm-hmm. you must have been a kid too. Was we a kid. heard about this 24-hour radio station. I mean, a uh, uh, video station that was going to happen. It's like 24 hours of music. Oh my god. I mean, I used to sit up every Friday and Saturday night and watch. Saturday Night Live, mm-hmm. and then Don Kalishina's rock yep. concert right. afterwards. Then- I would sit up, you know, and just just wait for it. I had no life. I had no. I was too young to date, really. So I would watch it because that's all the music that was on, right? Especially live music. So hearing about this station, and it's just like just you don't even music. have to sleep. You could just turn it on. There's going to be mute, you know, music all the time, rock music all the time. I thought it was. You know, I died and went to heaven. It's, uh, so having a, that I was on it was lucky because Berlin got signed the year that MTV started, and they had 24 hours of time to fill. So they, they and they so, didn't have enough videos. So we were one of the only bands doing videos, making videos, right? Yeah, with a label Geffen who believed mm-hmm. in videos because most of them didn't, right? And so they took our videos and played the shit. Can yeah. can I can you curse you say on this? Whatever you want. Well, they played the shit out of them. Yeah. I mean, it was like every hour we had our, you know. So we got so lucky because yeah. we were nothing yet, and MTV helped to make us household names <laughs> just because of the timing. I forget. I think I read. I think the first day MTV uh, broadcast, I think they played like twelve different like Rod Stewart videos because he just. I guess they made promotional clips. Yeah. Uh, for I don't know what they used them for back then. I don't. Uh, you know to. I don't know what the labels did with promotional clips before MTV was on, but um, they how, put them on like Midnight Special. Remember that? Yeah, yeah, with yeah. Wolfman Jack that's on right. Friday night, he yeah. would play videos, and Don Kirshner sometimes mm. would play videos, but he mostly had live stuff. And they were in the the clubs a lot. Oh, that's they would true. play the videos in you know, especially the dance stuff like Rod Stewart. Right. They would play that in the clubs, but it hadn't really gotten mainstream yet. Like MTV hadn't right. happened yet, so that's what they did with them. And in eighty, how how old were you in eighty two? 
In 82, if you don't mind saying that. I was 23. 23. And yeah. how, how old was I in 82? 12. I was, no, I was um, 20, 18. I was 18. Okay. I was 18. Uh, so I was watching, you're just a couple years older than me, okay. and you're, you're out there doing it. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, it happened pretty fast. Were, were your parents supportive of, uh, of your success and very, your choice? They were very supportive. That's, well, you need that. I needed it yeah. badly because I had a, a, an acting career in mm-hmm. my teens when I met, right before I met John, and I made this move. I don't know if you remember a show called Dallas. Yes. Okay. Well, the, it, it it was starting at the time I was seventeen or just turning eighteen, and they wanted to hire me for the role that Charlene Tilton took. Oh, that would yeah, I can see that's perfect. The yeah. teenage thing. Yeah. So, I thought, well, I want to try this music thing, and if I do this TV thing, then this music thing isn't going to happen. And so I went home to my mom, and she said, "Well, I think." If you sign this contract, seven-year contract, if it's a hit, you're not going to do the music thing. Yeah. So you might want to think about that. And if you might want, if you don't try the music thing, you'll regret it. So I turned down Dallas. I lost my agent. Mm-hmm. I lost my manager immediately. Because they probably said, thought, are you "What out are you of doing? Fucking mind." You really, I mean, this, this is, is so much right. money. This is you know huge studio. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's going to be a big show, and it was. Yeah. So they dropped me. So I had nothing. I had nothing to lose. Yeah. So I thought, okay, I'll give myself a year to meet somebody and make this music thing happen somehow. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if it doesn't, then I'll try, try to get another agent. <laughs> and it was exactly a year later that I met John Crawford. Well, yeah, well, you're in that, Berlin. That's a great story because it worked out for you. It did. I get lucky. Now, you, you brought up the acting, so I, uh, I have to talk about you auditioned to be Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. That, I, that's crazy. I know, me. it that's, was crazy. It's crazy doing it. I have, <laughs> we have some of your audition. T- can we play it? Yeah, you can see it on YouTube. I know you can, but yeah. in case, in case pe- the listeners don't know about this, <laughs> play a little bit of the f- number okay, one. It gets better. Well, all the databanks in R2 are still secure. Then I think that we're due the reward that you offered, and I trust it'll be substantial considering what we've been through. Now look, when R2 has been safely delivered to my forces, then you get your reward. You're my guarantee. What's the little droid carrying that's so important? Okay, the plans and specifications to a battle station with enough firepower to destroy an entire system. Now, our only hope in destroying it is to find its weakness. We'll do from the data I stored the the, um, the, <laughs> the dialogue is ridiculous when you hear it just in in, in audition for you know where you, you're just there uh, saying the lines it's just, it's crazy we were sitting in deck chairs in a warehouse reading these lines yeah. they hadn't been made yet so we didn't no, know what we were know, talking no, about no you don't know and you don't know at that you don't know no what Star we just Wars had is to make be. it work yeah and Harrison Ford didn't like me you can kind of tell. He's just kind of rolling his eyes yeah. like, this is not good. And <laughs> I think you're every bit as good as Carrie Fisher. George Lucas did too. I mean, yeah. he kept bringing me back, and, and he was such a kind guy. He introduced me to Steven Spielberg, 
who then brought me in for Indiana Jones and the second one, the Temple mm -hmm. of Doom. But I was just going on tour with yeah. Berlin with the first tour, so I couldn't do that. But he, but George was just so kind and so he he thought it was wonderful. I don't know why, but uh, but it didn't happen, and I'm really happy because if it had, then Berlin would never have happened. Yeah, but you would have just been in a hit movie at, uh, this past Christmas. <laughs> right, another hit movie. No, but in those days, they didn't have crossover. Not, right. you know, the Jennifer Lopez's had not happened yet. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. so you were an actor or you were a You're, singer. Yeah. It didn't go. Yeah, if you would have done Dallas and then tried to That'd be make a joke. an album, you would have been they a joke. They wouldn't have even listened to nope, me. Nope, they wouldn't have. They would have said, come on. Yeah, I yeah. knew that. So uh, you chose the path uh, where you have longevity, which is great. I am very happy. All right, let's uh, let's hear a little bit. Uh, uh, was let me before. Well, let's play uh, "Sex Ima." Dot dot dot. Did the did the record label uh, try to tone down lyrics like uh, in songs like these, or were they fine? No, they Maybe. loved it. That was great. Yeah, and MTV never tried to uh, censor anything either. They censored a lot. They did. MTV censored every single video we did. Yeah, I gotta see. They these were very powerful. Cuts of these <laughs> you know, they didn't yeah. like in, for example, no more words. Mm -hmm. They didn't like because we did a Bonnie and Clyde thing. Yeah. they didn't like the the gun shooting. They thought, okay. no, you can't do that. So we just pull that out. They didn't like in sex. They didn't like the food scene. <laughs> of all the stuff in sex, yeah. they didn't like how people were were licking things and putting oysters in their mouth, and you know, they they thought that was too nasty. Isn't that crazy? So we had to cut that. That's so crazy. Mm -hmm. But you wanted to be on MTV. But they so were MTV. Did, yeah, so yeah and they it. were the only game in town. Wow. Yeah. Well, I read. I heard a story that um, I think they weren't going to show Billie Jean, the Michael Jackson video. Why? Um, I don't know if they didn't like the, the the content of the lyrics or... I remember the big hoopla that they wouldn't play Michael Jackson, period. They well, were, yeah, there for were, a while. Yeah, there were issues with mm. not playing black artists but on then, MTV um, for a while. Columbian Epic said, okay, then if you're not going to play that... We're not giving you anything. Don't play anything. Yeah. And that, I think that lasted about a day. Yeah. And then they were playing everything. Yeah. They were back to the 12 Rod Stewart videos. They're back to the 12 Rod Stewart videos. <laughs> Artie <the> speaks. <laughs> I know, he does talk. He Does he? He does. Yeah. He oh, talks okay. Uh, like, when he doesn't talk, after the show, I go, will you... Talk, Artie. <laughs> you gotta talk. I'm sorry, Kyle. No, it's okay. Uh, oh, no, I think I think Pat's discombobulating me because he asked me how many kids I had, and I said two. When I have three, <laughs> I don't understand and now where we're, my brain is. Maybe it's the wine. Well, yeah, you brought in some we, nice wine. We are drinking wine because it's very nice. I always ask, uh, you know, the the publicist or the handler, or the manager, whoever, the, handler. the person, the handler, <laughs> and I said, hey, if there, is there any drink preference? And usually people say. Oh, I like a Coke Zero or I get a cappuccino and uh, and Terry flat out with the boom wine. Yeah. So we did it. 
Game on. Yeah. I told my wife, I go, yeah, go get some wine today because I don't have time to get wine. <laughs> Thank you. I'm, uh, I just got, I'm working on a show right now that's going to be on ABC this summer. Yeah. And you, you guys would be, Berlin would be perfect for this show. So hopefully it gets picked up. Awesome. It's called, the show's called Greatest Hits. And uh, we're doing, it's, it's a live performance show. Are have, you a host? No, 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 please. They don't want You're the show to be canceled. No, I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a, no, I'm a consultant on the show. Oh, okay. Behind the scenes. Oh, wow. Behind the scenes. Did so you say you... playing? Like, yeah. I would, like, I, like I'm a musician? So you don't play? No, I, I love music so much. That's why I do this podcast. I'm a super fan of music. Love it. Okay. But no, I don't have any. Maybe I could maybe play drums. I play drums a little bit, maybe. Okay. Artie plays drums. Artie? Yeah. <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> He's gonna hate me for the rest no, of his life. No, you're gonna call him Marty for the long course, time. I no, could tell. Of when you, uh, after we're done recording with you, uh, we're recording another episode with one of my uh, my rotating co-hosts. So yeah, we're gonna call him Marty. All that show <laughs> <laughs> could be worse. It could be Artie Farty. Who knows? Whatever. Artie Farty. Yeah. What's the next? What's the next show about? Uh, we do um, when I have a when I don't have a guest, a musical guest yeah. like yourself. I have rotating co-hosts, and we just do crazy topics. Okay. So like, uh, so what's this one tonight? We're doing a thing called Title Fight, where we play two songs that have the same title, but they're different songs, and then and you decide who wins. Yeah, like like I'll play I'll play uh, my two songs, and then Kyle Kyle and Mike Mike Siegel they'll decide who wins, and if they can't decide then like I, I what's the two tie. songs that are the same well, title this is this is nice terry's interviewing me um okay for example badlands by bruce springsteen yeah is gonna face off against badlands by acdc Ooh. yeah i didn't even know either one of them had songs called badlands. yep uh let's go crazy by prince and the revolution okay it's gonna face off against let's go crazy by the clash okay well you know you're not gonna do much Past Prince at no, this point. No, sometimes we know who's. Yeah, you, it's an obvious win. Prince could fart right now and right. he'd win. Yeah, uh, and you recorded you recorded an album at Paisley Park. I did. I'm ju- I usually don't jump around, but I jump around Matter a little of time because things. My uh, solo album. Yes, your solo album, which came and he out. was there the whole time. Now, what was he? Could you look him in the eye? Were you allowed to talk to him? I hear sometimes you're not. You he was to... just a fascinating guy. Mm-hmm. I, I've never seen anyone work longer than that guy. He would come in at 10. I heard this from our engineer because he worked there. And we'd come in at noon. We'd work till midnight. In he gave us his bigger studio to work in. Then he would move into our studio at midnight and work till 4 in the morning. And then he would come back at 10. And the amazing thing is he would come in fully coiffed, full makeup, stage clothes and he was just recording the whole time he would have stage when did on. the guy sleep i was trying to do the math like okay he didn't live there yet mm-hmm. so he leaves at four has to be half hour there and back yeah he gets back by 10 but it was an hour for the makeup and hair it was that good <laughs> when did the guy eat and sleep he just, he just sleeps standing up. He just yeah. right. He, well, he weighed seventy pounds. So I he saw didn't him every day in the elevator mm-hmm. where he died. Oh boy! Uh, in the halls, and he never spoke to me until the last day I was there. That is crazy. He, he said no. hello. <laughs> now we're laughing, but look, if he was alive, we'd still laugh at this story. So it's it's yeah. fine. But do you think he was in f- full makeup and and stage clothes? 
I don't know why. Be- because other people were there, and that's how he he didn't want to be seen. And I don't know why. Do you think he owned and any sweat? And for a little while, he had a girlfriend there. I want to ask you a question. Who now. wore exactly the same clothes <laughs> as he did? Well, that's like matching And outfit? she was smaller than him, and he was small. Mm-hmm. And she would toddle after him down the hall. And wearing the exact same outfit. He, he had the third floor of Paisley Park was where the seamstresses worked and made his clothes. And then the main floor was where, you know, the, you know, the food place yeah. was and the main studio that I was in. And then there was another one down in the bottom basement. You know, there were three levels. And I guess the seamstresses made his clothes and, and this girlfriend's mm-hmm. clothes so that they would come in wearing exactly the same thing. Well, maybe because then, maybe maybe then when he would make out with her, he felt like he was kissing himself. Maybe he was that into I himself. I felt bad for her. For, the, know, for that, the girl. Yeah, that anybody would do that. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, he was estranged from his family. I don't know if that stayed the same, but I mean, he had, he definitely had serious social issues, but I thought, okay, he never said hello to me. Did you say hello to him? Exactly. You did. I realized that uh, writing my my goodbye to him is that I didn't say hello to him either. So who's calling the kettle black? Hmm. Maybe he didn't put out a vibe of warmth or a welcoming vibe. You know, I guess we both had social issues. Because <laughs> <laughs> I could have smiled, you know. Yeah. I mean, that goes a long way in making somebody's day better. It's hard to yeah. say though. It's because I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I mean, yeah, I always say hi and smile at people. Yeah. Do you think? Uh, do you think if he would have come down to the studio in sweatpants, it would have been uh, a little better? That's normal for <laughs> yeah. studios because right. nobody who cares. You know, you're not there right. doing anything on tape, videotape, mm-hmm. or anything. You're just making music. So it, it was amazing to me because I would go down in sweatpants. I was there three months doing the solo album. I didn't care who was looking at me. But he was perfect every day. This is fa- this, see, this is fascinating that you uh, have stories about Prince. <laughs> I think it's amazing. You were you were at Paisley Park Studios, and who produced the album? David Z. David Z. Uh, he was was he in Prince and the Revolution? Was he a band member? He was affiliated with him somehow, uh-huh. and that's how he got the studio time there. Well, let's play something from that since we're talking about it. Let's hear. Uh, here's a song I love. I love this. Uh, Confession time. Voice sounds so amazing on that song. You're really rocking on wow. this. I haven't heard that in a long time. I bet you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> um, you looked at me so intensely when I you know, said that. I know. 
Um, let's go back. I want to play. Uh, let's keep talking about Pleasure Victim real quick because I got to mm. play Masquerade because that's just such a phenomenal song. Thank you. Masquerade, please, Kyle. Copies did uh, Pleasure Victim sell? A lot. A lot. Gold? <laughs> Is it gold? Oh, it's platinum. It's platinum? Pleasure you, Victim? Yeah. Where do, you, oh, where yeah. do you hang this uh, platinum award at your home? In my office. Perfect. Yeah. When I'm working and scared and nothing's coming, <laughs> I just look, look up at and that. go, I had something once. <laughs> I was, I, I, there was one time when I was good. No, that's, yeah. How the great office. is it, though? You, Berlin started at a time where you guys, these bands still have longevity. Mm -hmm. Like, I remember, like, again, in the 90s, you know, when I was still listening to, you know, the stuff I still love, Journey or REO Speedwagon or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. and my friends would make fun of it. And now the bands that they were listening to in the 90s, they're not, they don't tour, they don't record anymore, they're not packing the houses. So it must be nice when you go out and do shows and people still want to come and hear these songs that meant so much to them in the 80s. Yeah, it is. I'm as amazed as you are. How what? I'm not even amazed. Because I think I think that's how it should be. I think because at the I think time, it's good music. It is good music. Yeah. But at the time what I loved about it was the electronics of mm-hmm. it because I had not heard anything like that right. and I thought, wow, this is cool. You know, it was past bass drums guitar and vocals it was now we have sounds that we've never heard before and Mm -hmm. it can it's endless anything we can get on a tape we can use and so to me it was fascinating but i i was a kid i didn't know how long this was going to last who knows what the next thing's going to be but what's happened is electronic music is still going right and i mean like nine inch nails just put out a single and put an tr808 drum machine in the beginning of his of his uh, single, everything mm-hmm. from his latest album, you know that was our whole first album, the TR eight hundred eight yeah. drum machine, because that's all we could afford. So those sounds are still going on. So we don't sound out of date no. because it's still going on now and morphing into all kinds of things, which are great. Nine Inch Nails is Artie's favorite band. Yeah. Artie? Yeah. That's his favorite band. You're, you're really going to go out with this Artie. His name is Kyle, and okay. I'm going to call him Kyle. Okay. Because we'll, that's his that'll name. That'll be the last Artie until the next show when, <laughs> I, when I tell Mike Siegel that your new nickname well, is Artie. he has good taste because Nine Inch Nails rocks my world, too. Yeah. Trent, you know, the yeah. guy is a genius. So, yeah, but I mean, it, you know, he comes from that time, and, and, and all, these, all these great artists who come after are still using the electronics that we started with. So it's, we're not, we don't sound old. No, not at all. 
Uh, so when you go, uh, when uh, it's time to record uh, Love Life, how much pressure, are you guys feeling pressure? Huge. Yeah, because Pleasure Victim was huge. But then you did it. We did well with that record. Yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a great record. Thank you. Let me ask you about, um, uh, you and John Crawford, you're on the cover of He's Kind of in Silhouette uh-huh. on... Uh, why aren't the other band members on? The, was it? Was I it, don't know. We just, you know, didn't matter. It it, it, it wasn't a plan. Mm-hmm. You just try different things mm-hmm. and see what sticks in the photo shoots. Right, but there was no. There's no. Like, I'm not good at photo shoots. I'm not a model. <laughs> I I I do as few as possible. Mm-hmm. So they kind of probably got a few shots and said, okay, put that one on. That's a great album cover, though. It's really, Thanks. it's really. You look beautiful. It's very classy. Thank you. Um, yeah, we wanted like a movie kind of theme, mm-hmm. love, life, uh-huh. right? You know, I just didn't like know, the forties, right? And what that's you captured it then because that's yeah. exactly what that cover looks like. Uh, I just didn't. I always wonder if bands have, uh, you know, you know, animosity, like you know, when sometimes when the singer gets on the cover and they're lots, on the cover. lots of animosity. <laughs> The you, band hated me because, you know, everybody wants to talk to the singer. But but they mm-hmm. hated me, but they didn't like, you know, getting up at six in the morning and doing all the interviews <laughs> right. that had to be done. Right. So I did them. So, of course, everybody knows me because I'm doing the, all the interviews that have to be and, done. See, I, and I kind of think they have they have the best of both worlds a little bit because they, they could then go to the mall and do things that maybe you you were you would be recognized. So maybe you couldn't do that. You know what well, I'm saying? Well, I was too busy doing all the press and interviews <laughs> that had to be done because you got to do them. You know, they just wanted right. to get up, go to the show. Yeah. You know, and afterwards get drunk, get laid, and get on the bus. They didn't want to deal with that, so they'd bitch and moan. Oh, everybody wants to talk to Terry, but then you know, six a.m. Yeah. comes along and they're still sleeping. Are you on the? You're on the same bus with all the guys? Yeah. Is it, uh, are they like, were they like brothers at that point? Yes. Were they looking out for you? It is like a gang. Mm-hmm. You're all together. And were they... Uh, Watching pre- Scarface, that was the <laughs> bus movie. Were you guys all relatively the same age? Uh, or were you younger yeah. than the guys? David Diamond, the keyboardist, was the youngest. Mm-hmm. He was oh, four years younger. And were they, were they protective of Terry? Were they looking yes, out for you? Yes, very. All right. Yes. That's good. I like to hear that. Yes. But see, I, I was kind of jealous of them because girls are shameless. Mm-hmm. They'll do anything right. to get laid, get in the bus, yeah. and, you know, they'll take off their top. They'll throw, you know, their room keys. And, and so the guys got all kinds of mm-hmm. sex. But for me, you know, men are different. Yeah. They don't do that because it's dangerous. Right. So they don't come. I didn't get that kind of. Yeah, they're not fun. pulling pulling Woo! their pants no! down right. and throwing. Right, keys. right, swinging their dicks around. They, they would get they would get beat up. Did you want them to swing their dicks around? I kind of did, just because I watched the girls. I remember yeah. walking in on John once, and he had a girl on every limb. He had two at the ground, and two like on his arms. And I walked into the dressing room and looked at him and just kind of went, "Wow, you know." I mean, it just yeah. looked fun. It'd be fun, yeah. right? Just right. fun, just to experience that kind of debauchery, debauchery. Yeah, you know. So yeah, and it's still. I I think it's still a double standard that way. You know, I think I think it's it totally is. But it makes sense because guys are more dangerous. So, yes. and I'm surrounded by band and crew and men, mm-hmm. so they're not going to. Hey, baby, right. you know, yeah, they'd be murdered. 
they would they would be murdered. Yeah. Even if you said, no, wait, guys, this is, I kind of. <laughs> I want to be. This, yeah, I kind of like, like this. This guy tonight I like. So if we could just ease off a little bit. But um, <laughs> traveling uh, traveling on a bus must uh, must be crazy with a bunch of guys. It must, is. Must be stinky with these no, Dudes. they were okay. They were okay. They yeah. Cool. That John Crawford has gorgeous hair. He doesn't. He? he still does. Holy crap! I'm je- I. That's crazy. He still has great hair. That jerk. I call him a jerk only because of his hair. See, this is kind of news, uh, but the original Berlin Three are riding again. Oh, I saw you tweet you that saw today. That. John Crawford, David Diamond, and I. Even though you tweeted, it, I'm going to say that's a rock solid exclusive. <laughs> 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 you heard it here first, folks. You heard it you here first. You did hear it. That's because true. Because that wasn't heard, it was tweeted. So it's uh, John Crawford and... David Diamond. And you. And I. Yeah. And now, in the, in, the er, uh, in the early days, John Crawford wrote a lot of these songs... Oh, yeah. ...by himself. It, it, yes. At least that's what it says in the credits. Yes. So now, how is uh, collaborating on songs going? Well, n- no. He, he, he wrote initially mm-hmm. the songs, but then David would write all the keyboard okay. parts, and then I would come in and play around with the melodies and... You know, blah blah blah. And blah, so, blah. why doesn't everyone get a writing credit that has their hand in the didn't pot? At the time, yeah. we just didn't know that it was important. It's very important. It is. Yeah, it's I, very learned important. <laughs> I learned that. Very important. Because, like, when I, whenever I pick up an album, like I read, you know, like let's go, we'll talk about the cars since that was brought up, mm-hmm. and I see, you know, it says Rick Ocasek, all songs by Rick right. Ocasek, and I'm like, well, he didn't come up with the guitar solo, and he didn't right. come up with. There's so many elements in a song besides just the lyrics and the melody. There's a lot of stuff in there. Yes. And that always fascinates me how that happens. How, I guess when you're young, you don't think about publishing and all that kind of stuff. I guess that's. I didn't think about money. It's an, yeah, it's an age thing. You're just, you were just happy to be Happy to be there. Yeah. Going and having people come out and and love what you were doing. Actually making a living at music. At music. Yeah. Of any kind. Yeah. I was. Yeah. Let's hear from Love Life. Let's hear Now It's My Turn. This album came out on, this was on Geffen Records. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of a big deal because back then they had Elton John and Don Henley and that was a that was a pretty cool label to be on at the time, if I remember. I David remember. Geffen was the shit. He was in a good way. In the best way. <laughs> he was the man. Yeah. There's there's nobody, I mean, he, Geffen offered us less money but more commitment and we were smart enough to take it because money goes. Yeah. But his commitment was three albums, which gave us the basis to have a career of longevity with his support. He was the real deal, that guy. He was... Smart. He was smart, and he was true to his word and supportive. 
Well, that's that's the main thing. True to your word is what's important because mm-hmm. anyone can say anything and right. then not back it up. But if right. he's backing it up, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, this is the first time I've ever done this with a guest, Terry. I uh, I put out there for listeners uh, if they had questions that they could throw me one okay. or two. So, and this one came in like just about uh, right before you got here. I checked the email and got this one from a guy named James Headley. And he said he just watched Berlin, uh, the Us Festival. I don't know where he watched that. Maybe oh, wow. it was on YouTube. And he, uh, he said, I noticed Terry seemed to be genuinely moved and appreciative of playing such an event. And he was wondering if you had any recollections on what your feelings were like walking out on that stage to do the Us Festival. It, I mean, there's before or since, there's nothing like it. There were 250,000 people there. It, it was just dirt. It was a yeah. dirt area now it's the hyundai pavilion but at the time there was nothing there and and the people went over the horizon we didn't see the end to them Mm -hmm. that's how far the i mean it was do you you think the people back there even could even knew what was going on they did because steve wozniak bless his heart yes had the foresight to actually put not only the pas Mm -hmm. like like he spaced them so because the the time difference would have been so huge and and impossible to get that far out that he actually like had stations of amps you know and 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 speakers mm-hmm. that just went out i mean it was i don't know how he thought of that but so they were able to stay with the stage and then these huge screens so that they could be part of it i mean it was he lost $9 million <laughs> just that weekend. I'm laughing because I feel like... Uh, he didn't care. Yeah, that's what he I'm said, laughing at. He said, it's my party, and, I, and I'll, I'll do it if I want to. He wanted to do it, and he did it. And f- there will never be anything like that no, again. No, nothing like that. When, I mean, when our day, there was you 2 Pretenders, Joe Walsh, oh, David is- Bowie, Stevie Nicks. In one day. Yeah. I mean, it was a whole weekend and just our day. So, I mean, I get to play and then I get to see all these fans mm-hmm. and be in, you know, in this space with them. Now that, that is ridiculous. all those people you just named are people that, you know, you know, you know, rock and peace, David Bowie, but everyone else is still, still doing it. Rocking and rolling. Joe Walsh just played at the forum this past week. I mean, it's, it's crazy. One of the best players in all time. When uh, did you get and did you get to meet Bowie and all these no, people? No, I never met Bowie. Did you meet Chrissy? Did you meet Chrissy Hine? Yeah. Uh, no, I didn't meet Chrissy Hine. You didn't meet any of the people that were on. No. How did that work then? Did they just I like dr- drop you in there and then you're out of there? It was this huge like backstage and there were mm-hmm. like camps and and I was you know we were just starting out. They probably didn't mm-hmm. give a shit about me. I don't know anything about it. You're my eyes to the world, Terry. Oh. You got to tell me about this <laughs> when you're playing in front of that many people. Because, I mean... Stevie, I met later. Uh-huh. Stevie Nicks, I met later on. But not that night. Right. No. When when you play... I mean, no other profession plays to that many people. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, a, if you're a professional football player, you play to as many people as they can get yeah, in the stadium. imagine that. But this, you're just playing to as many people as they could get out there. I would suck at, foot, at any kind of competitive sport. You're very tiny. You would get hurt yeah, playing football. Yeah, I'm terrible when, it, when there's pressure like that uh-huh. to perform. No. So when you play for a crowd that size, uh, are you just playing to the people you can see? I'm playing as large as I can uh-huh. so that they see something. 
Because if you're just standing there, it's kind of boring. Yeah, when I when when I see the Rolling Stones and they play like at Dodger Stadium or somewhere, Mickey is just like so big in his. Yeah, he's moving what it. He's doing, you know, yeah. and he's a smart guy. You gotta mm-hmm. you gotta get people going, yeah. get them into it, and the only way to do it is to, you know, work the stage. <laughs> Mick Jagger just must drop when he walks off the stage. He must just drop, fall into a ball, and then Bless sleep his until heart. the next show. You know, he's doing for rock what. So many have done for mm. opera and country and the, the jazz. Yeah. Who, you know, it's grown up. But rock started in the 50s. So it has, it's just now growing mm. up. So that, you know, there are real veterans that, that play like Mick Jagger. And I've, I've looked forward to that. I want it to grow up. I want to see these artists and what they're like when they're 70 and 80, like jazz has, like opera has. Mm-hmm. You know, we're just starting to get that now. You know, we got Springsteen and Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. And these people are... I love Bonnie Raitt. She's pretty great. Rocking. God, she just blew my mind growing up. She was she was it. And Chrissy Hine. I love Chrissy Hine. She still is a rock and roller. Oh, man. To the core. To the core. She doesn't give a fuck. Yeah, Not I love that. Grace yeah. Slick. I got Grace to interview Slick. her on my she's radio like, show. She's like in her 80s now, I think, Grace Slick. She... Uh, but she's retired, right? She doesn't... Yeah, anymore. she won't play anymore. Yeah. But she agreed to let me interview her if I would sing on this song that she was doing for for New New Orleans, mm-hmm. the Hurricane Katrina oh, catastrophe. Nice. So she let me go to her house in Malibu and interview her, and she doesn't give a shit, man. She just <laughs> smokes and she talks and she's and she's just honest and true and bright and she's for me the. The icon She's of the, my childhood. That's that's what you're looking to become. Yeah. When I saw her, I was like, okay, now I know what I want to do. Now I know when I'm that age, I can say whatever the fuck I want and smoke and whatever. <laughs> smoke and whatever. <laughs> I don't smoke anymore. I can't do that, but I used to. Yeah, I would imagine that would be rough on the on the singing voice. The yeah. Smoking. Yeah, it's bad. I that was what that. that was what troubled me about almost every picture that you see of David Bowie. He has a cigarette. All the way to the end. All, well, pretty close. Did he really? I, I think pretty much. Maybe oh, not. Bummer. Maybe not in the last year or so. But I'm just saying, all the iconic photos, and he always really? had like a cigarette. I'm sorry. No, I didn't do anything wrong. Why no, you? I'm just sorry that he that he did that because mm-hmm. it's it's a young people's habit, you yeah. know, and just isn't pretty. I don't know how I don't know how you could even sing. Uh, yeah. You know, smoking. Well, it was my solo album, Moment of Truth. That you played a piece of. That that's when you stopped smoking? That's when I realized, oh, shit, I can't hit that high note. Okay. I'm either going to smoke or I'm going to sing, so what am I doing here? And I'm sure there's no smoking allowed at Paisley Park. Not inside, no. <laughs> no. Yeah, he little... was a Jehovah's Witness. I know. Yeah, vegan, we... and yeah, he did not allow drugs or any kind of alcohol we... or... Which... Which is weird now because if, if he died because of prescription drugs. Prescription drugs, though, which kill more people than all street drugs combined. Grace Slick told me that. <laughs> I bet she did. Yes, she I did. bet she had quite a lot to say about she prescription drugs. She had a lot drugs. to say about prescription drugs. Who, God, I mean, it took Michael Jackson, <sighs> Prince, Heath Ledger. I mean, yeah. how many people does it have to take? I know. Prescription drugs. It sucks. What dr- I'm trying to think when I really only take a prescription drug when I'm really, really 
need to take a prescription really? drug. Like what's the last one you took? I took a couple uh, right before you walked in. I had a colonoscopy <laughs> and I took propofol. That oh. thing that killed Michael Jackson. Yeah, I had that. I had a I had a Artie, wait, is this Artie still? Yeah. I mean, sorry, Kyle's yeah. talking. Kyle is his name. Yes, Kyle. Pat. I'm sorry. Um, now is, we, we've all had. Isn't it great? I it loved is. it. It's I had it awesome. Too. I can see why Michael Jackson you don't, died I, from I it. I agree. I can see why you wanted out. it all the time. You're not groggy right. when you wake up. I felt amazing, I felt amazing. when I woke I up. I felt like I had. Somebody slept put for something up my ass, didn't and I didn't it. feel it. I slept like a mm-hmm. baby. Yep. Woke up feeling amazing. And you didn't. And no pain. And a piece of cake. Great. I'd do it again tomorrow. I know. <laughs> But yeah, could but you that's imagine a prescription drug and it kills? Yeah, me. could you imagine someone being able to sleep like that every night? Someone just gives you that every night before you go to bed. I can imagine Michael wanting to do that. Yeah, you would definitely get addicted to that drug. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have an addictive personality? Sure, I was addicted to cigarettes. Okay. Yeah, we covered that. <laughs> yeah. But but what about uh, I've never I've I was never, addicted to pot for a while. I've never smoked pot. Why? I've, I've it's been, so easy to smoke. Why I did know, you never smoke I don't it? Know. I've never done any drugs Not in your life. No, <laughs> I haven't. Why? I don't know. I think I was afraid that I would like it or that I might oh. get addicted to it. You do like to buy a lot of CDs and Blu-rays and things. I do buy. That's s- not a drug, though, Artie. No, I, no, I, I know, mean, Kyle. But he's very. It's like I do like to have like I'm addictive like in that way to music. Yeah. Okay. Stuff. Little silver discs. So if you could pick one band that okay. has changed your life oh, more man. than any other, so more than any other. Oh, this is so hard. I can tell you, I can, I can tell you what my favorite album of all time is without a doubt. I can okay. tell you that it's the who who's next. Okay. Uh, my favorite band of all time is cheap trick. Oh, I'm doing a cruise with them. My first cruise of my whole What's life. What's that cruise called? It is next uh, Valentine's Day mm-hmm. week, February 10th through the 18th. And we're going to Jamaica and Florida Keys. Who else is on that cruise? It's Cheap Trick, Us, Morris Day in the Time. Wow. Belinda Carlisle and a couple others. That's pretty cool. I play with Cheap Trick a few times. They're great guys. Yeah. Just great guys. Yeah. I Man, love them. What? Let me ask you that. Let's turn that question to you because I can't. I don't know what. I don't know how to even answer it. What's What's the same question back at you? What band uh, changed your life? What are you laughing at, Kyle? <laughs> Just like you're trying to remember the question. <laughs> I know. I can't remember the question. I know I couldn't answer. Is it, it the wine? No. No. And he's always like this. Is he always? Yeah, I'm always <laughs> a little ditzy. Wow. So many. I know it's hard it's when hard. you have to do one because. I mean, yeah, I, I love so the many. I love the Kinks. I love the Kinks and the Stones and the Who. I love all that British. Invasion I would have stuff. to go through. I mean, I had to think of two: mm-hmm. Pink Floyd okay. and Heart. Heart is so great. Yeah, because of the female aspect of it, that she was so ballsy, and I wanted to be ballsy. And I didn't want to be pretty with a guitar yeah. and long hair mm-hmm. and you know, sweet. Oh. I wanted to be bitchy and ballsy mm-hmm. and like the guys. Yeah. But man, Nancy Wilson is still very pretty, and so is Anne. They're both beautiful women. Yeah, but yeah, are, ballsy. They are. Yeah, they exactly. were in charge. They were in charge in of that charge. band. In charge. Yes, that's they what I wanted. Told those guys to hit the bricks, and then they got new guys. <laughs> hit the bricks. <laughs> they got new guys. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I go see Heart whenever they come through because great. they just um they bring it. They they do bring it. Her voice is amazing. Yeah. 
uh, you Nancy. don't see there's not enough women playing guitar like Nancy right. just you know right. and I hate that we even have to think about it as that they're I don't know why Heart just can't be a band I don't know but you do think about it yeah they're women you know what I mean what do you mean the other women I mean no I just mean oh, you said a, yeah a, they're women a band should be a band it shouldn't you know what I mean like but but when I see Heart I always do think you know for a second man these chicks are rocking because you don't see enough chicks rocking. It is, but it, the heart is them. I it's know. the two of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, just like Eurythmics are Annie and Dave. True. You know, there may be more band, but it's Annie and Dave. I hope they. Would, I wish they would come and do some stuff again. Eurythmics. I don't think they're going to. <laughs> what do you, What do you know that I don't know? I just know that I see Annie making albums that aren't with Dave. So. Right. For whatever reason, they're done. Dave is doing other things, and so is Annie. Uh, is there a producer that you would have liked to work with back in the day or today? Producer back in the day. Trevor Horn. Trevor Horn. We tried to get him, but he was expensive. Damn it. Geffen, pull <laughs> some money out and pay for Trevor Horn. What What album did you try and get him on, or just any? Any, yeah, <laughs> any, um, yeah. You did all right. I don't. I, you know, the producers that you used, I, I did like the producer who worked on, on Love Life is named Mike Howlett. Yeah, I don't know who he is. He was I, great. Well, I know he is because it sounds great. But I, I don't like. You know, when I pick up albums, I like it's like Roy Thomas Baker and you know guys like that. And I, uh, I tried to get Roy for my solo album. He said no. <laughs> How does that happen? I don't know. He just didn't like the music. All right. Well, if you didn't I like can't it, blame him. I mean, my solo album was kind of all over the place. I love it, Like though. you said. Thank you. I appreciate that. I, it, it wasn't Berlin. Mm -hmm. I was just kind of trying everything. Yeah. There was pop and there was rap and there was, I don't know, kind of a countryish song. Mm -hmm. It was just kind of everywhere. Yeah. All over the map. And Roy was like, nah, this is too messy for me. Well, I guess that's better than him producing music that he didn't love just to get a paycheck. I agree. So. I agree. Let's hear something called No More Words. You're talking, it all sounds fair. You promise your love how much you care. I'm still listening, but still unsure. What song, when you sing it live, gets the biggest, uh, do you feel is getting the biggest response from the crowd? What one? The guy who produced that. He wrote it, Take My Breath Away. To, oh, to, oh, okay. Okay, yeah, the, the, um, the Giorgio Moroder song. Giorgio Moroder. That one get, it, that one, see, now, I, that song's great, Academy Award winning song. Yeah. But. Masquerade and No More Words would have me going crazy oh, live. Thank you. Well, No More Words was produced by Jojo Moroder. Oh, it was? Oh, so this yes. song... Oh, so there's... Even though this And the song, reason we got Take My Breath Away was because we were in the studio doing No More Words at that time because that's all we could afford with uh -huh. him. We begged him to 
do anything. I mean, he, we were so in love with him. He why don't I have that? Why don't I have that listed as he? Uh, as yeah, no more words was produced by Giorgio. Did uh, did Richie Zito help him out with that? Yes, but he was he was kind of a second lieutenant uh-huh. to Giorgio at the time. So he was in the studio with us, but Giorgio had like three studios going, and he would come in and he would say, "Oh, I like the horns. Do the more horns. Okay, I love the horns." And then he would leave, <laughs> and that was how he would produce our stuff because he was so huge. He had done Flashdance, Fame, you know, Cat People mm-hmm. with Bowie. I mean, the guy was just you know on fire, and we were in love with everything he was doing. So he's a good you work with us and all we could afford was one song so he stuck us in his studio on Lancashire and we were working on No More Words mm-hmm. when he got Top Gun he got the job to do the Top Gun soundtrack and he came in one day and he said he said what do you think I have this song he's Sicilian mm-hmm. you know hot Italian guy I like the impression I wish you, you like continue it? yeah please he says, so I have this song and it is from it's going to be big movie next year it's going to be Paramount and Tom Cruise you're going to love it oh you love it you hear this song what do you think so he listened to this song and John was like I don't want to do it and I'm like I want to do it I mean you know it was Georgia Moroder I yeah. would have you know he would have you know he could have farted and I would have sung it because it was Georgia Moroder and I just thought it was great and I really loved it. It was romantic. And so John hated me and the label was thrilled. Yeah. You know, so we did the song and. And John did it. He plays on it. It's no. The whole, John doesn't play on it. No, he doesn't. This is, this is he a rock solid exclusive. No. So does, he refused to play on it. Does the whole band play on it but John? Or is nope. it just, it's it's a Terry Nunn solo song? Right. That is interesting. And because it came out at the same time, mm-hmm. yeah, this is a rock solid, nobody knows this. This is a rock solid exclusive? It is. Because it came out at the same time as our third album, mm-hmm. uh, they, Geffen, asked Paramount, can we put it on the album at the same time as your movie? And they said yes. So Nice. It was not a Berlin song. It was me working with Giorgio because the rest, because John didn't want to do it. And I am so excited that this just came out. I'm going to say, holy balls. Holy balls. That's what I'm going to say. Holy balls. I've never heard that one. Use it. Feel free. (laughs) Throw it around. (laughs) Concert next week. Say, holy balls. You guys are awesome. Holy balls. I'm going to, we're, you know what? We're going to, we're going to go out to the Canyon Club and see you next week. Cool. Because I live in Woodland. Guest list. What the fuck did you just say? I just said I'll put you on my guest list. Are you list. lying to me? I'm not lying. I don't. I don't. I do a lot of things, but lying isn't. They're gonna I'm be lying. like, we don't have an Artie. <laughs> Artie who? Artie on the guest he didn't, list. He didn't have any driver's license that said Artie. Can I refresh your wine? No, that would be a mistake. All right, because I'm I, already saying things I shouldn't be saying. I like how it's going so far. <laughs> I don't want to get an email tomorrow that says, Terry would like you to take out that you're one You're going to have to do a lot of editing. <laughs> now, <laughs> you're writing with John right now. Would he be mad that you said that? Would that cause a rift? I don't want to cause a rift. No. And yet you know, I'm never taking he, that out. He, you know, he's grown up and so have I. And, and he is so different mm-hmm. from who he was. And he knows what a what a jerk he was. That's to, what's good. Self-awareness. Yeah. In your this, older years. To not be okay with, this wonderful song that fell in our laps that was given to Berlin. Yeah. And he's like, well, I didn't write it. So, 
you know, it was that 20-year-old ego stuff. Did you sing it at the Academy Awards that year? I did not. Who sang it? Lou Rawls. That bitch. That girl, I, Lou Rawls, a bitch. Yeah, but it was my fault. Why? Did you say you didn't want to sing it? Terry, why? I know. It was the stupidest thing in the world. They called me, and in my 20-year-old egomaniac whatever I was at the time, they said, okay, we're going to do a medley. So we'll do a piece of your song, then we'll do mm-hmm. a piece of the other song, and we'll do a piece of the other okay. song, and we'll just kind of put them together. What do you think? And I said, no, I'm <laughs> going to sing the whole thing, or I'm not doing it at all. And they said, then you're and not they said, doing thank it. you. <sighs> Click. Why, why Lou Rawls? That doesn't sound. Why? Why did I say that? Well, I don't know why That's you said that. That's what my mom has been telling me the entire rest of my life. She would have said, "I would have had tape." What of are you, you, an idiot? I mean, I was an idiot. So I wonder if you if you would have agreed to it, would the band have played or would have have just been you? I guess we'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. We'll never know. Um, the next album, uh, count three. You know, I have I what what songs do I did I not play? I, uh, from uh, well, we'll move on. We'll move on to count three and play. You have gu- guitarists all over this album. Yes, because we didn't have a guitar player. Our mainstay left. So we brought in Ted Nugent. Yeah, he plays on Elliot trash, right? Easton, David Gilmore yeah. from Pink Floyd. Okay, my life changed with that one. And who else was on that? We had many, many guitarists. We had uh, some Kate guys Bush's guitarist. Who was Kane, Kane Roberts? Yep. Greg Wright. I'm bummed though. Right. In, the, in the credits, it doesn't say what song the guys are playing on. At least not in the CD I'm credits. Sorry, that's not your fault. Well, I blame Ted Geffen. Nugent played on trash. And sex me, talk me. What was it? Now, look, we all know Ted Nugent. We all agree with his politics. Um, <laughs> even, <laughs> even if we're not so much on board with his music, we agree with... What was... Uh, now, was he... Did he come in... Did he lay down his track when no one was around? Or did he, was he in the studio with you? He was in the studio with us. We, I love that guy. He, he met us in an airport somewhere. And just said how much he loved the band and what we were doing. And so we asked him to come in. And he started playing. And, and it, you know, he was being the nuge. Yeah. And it Uncle wasn't Ted. really working. And so the, the producer, Andy, said, you know, we really like another approach to this. And he said, don't worry, I'll keep playing until you get a boner. <laughs> that was Ted. The last time I saw him in concert, I saw him at the Canyon Club. With all the hillbillies, yeah, um, you know, with Ted the, Nugent played the canyon. Wow, he, awesome! He's going to be there in July. Awesome. He played this riff. Yeah, that's he, Ted. And he goes, "Zach, sound good?" And everyone went, "Yeah." He goes, "Fuck you! It sounds great." <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's that's the part of Ted Nugent I like. That guy's the guy I like. Um, well, let's hear that. You still play trash in concert? We do. Let's hear trash. We are right now. Let go of your body, let go of your mind. Let go of your body, let go of your mind. Never in a 
Well, that song rocks. Ted Nugent, man. How could it not? You were doing a little air guitar there. I was. Uh, do you play any instruments? I don't. I didn't think so. It didn't look like very good air guitar to me. <laughs> Terrible. My <laughs> wife one day was air guitaring, and it was like she was like, like and I'm like, no, don't. That's not. <laughs> no, even, don't. It's very. That's it's not, up very high. Like she holds her guitar very shame. high, like she's a beetle. Um, <laughs> your wife's really pretty. Is that her? Pr- yeah. up there. Yeah, I don't. She's des- really I pretty. Don't deserve that. And all my friends tell me so. Why not? Uh, no, because my friends say you you married way up, dude. And I'm like, you know, first of all, that's a compliment to her, but an insult. To How'd me. you meet her? Um, I'll tell you how I met. Met her at a I met her at a comedy club because I I used to be a stand up comedian. Oh, I know you can't believe it because I haven't been funny. But um, <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been funny. <laughs> uh, no, I used to be. I, I was a stand up comedian, and I that was funny. And I never, <laughs> Terry, <laughs> I. Uh, I never would approach, I would never approach girls. You know, if I met yeah. a girl, it was some, but I saw her and I was like, I got to find out who that is. Aww. And so I, by the end of the night, I managed to get her, uh, her phone number from her. And then I just called her for like, uh, I would call her like every couple of days for like two weeks and just talk. She probably thought, who's this crazy person <laughs> just talking? But I just, I, I didn't. Make it seem like, a, and then I think she thought started to say, "Well, hey, does he want to ask me out, or what's going on? And why isn't why isn't he asking me out? What's wrong with me?" And then eventually I asked her out. And then we've been together ever since. And when was that? Nineteen ninety-five. First year I came out here. Wow. Yeah. Nice. So, and we've been married for this year will be eighteen years. Wow. Yeah. How long have you been married to your new guy? We just celebrated our fifteen-year anniversary. That's amazing. Two days ago. I saw you tweeted the card that he gave you flowers. and uh, he, he said, I still can't believe I get to see you naked. That's what he said. You got to marry that. <laughs> yes. Right? Especially if he's still saying that in yeah, exactly. 20 years. Exactly. And he will be. 15 years is a long time. Aww. When when you go on tour, does the family stay home or do some people come and travel with you? They stay home. They do. Yeah. It's hard to be on the road. Yeah. It's a lot of work. I'm sure. You know, you see the fun parts because yeah. that's what the show is the fun part. The Everything record else, labels want you to see yeah. the fun parts, but it's a lot of work. If you could just snap your fingers and be on stage and snap yeah, your fingers and be, be back in your bed, it would be terrific. Right, but it's a lot of schlepping around and sound yeah. checking, and you know, there's just a lot of work involved. Uh, listener David Finn wanted to know if there were any stories about working with Giorgio Moroder, but you answered that. You pretty much told us what he was like. Unless there's something, I just love him. He's a great guy. Yeah, and he's still doing it. He's still doing it. He's DJing now. He's DJing. It's so awesome. He should be. Well, you sure. know, the guy yeah. was the original, you know, he was one of the original dance guys. Someone wanted to know about acting, about Princess Leia. We covered that. Mm-hmm. Let me see. And then you covered this. Uh, this is Amy. So she wanted to know about the original lead singer from from uh, from Berlin and what happened and how you came back. We covered that. Well, the original, original singer was Tony Childs. She was up for a Grammy. She did a solo album yeah, after, after Berlin, because uh, I was the second singer. Tony Childs was the first. She did an album with Peter Gabriel, mm-hmm. and she was just a great singer. She had a nose piercing, totally I think. Intimidated. I think. That's what I remember about her. She had a nose piercing. She's a really good before singer. Before a lot of people yeah. had that. And then I just want to name these names. And then Tony Eckhoff, he was the one that, that emailed me and wanted to know about uh, auditioning for Princess Leia. Okay. Um, let's get uh, let's hear some more music. I want to hear the song that um, Pink and Velvet, which uh, David Gilmore plays yes. on, and started from where I have a cue, and then jumped to the solo. It's an amazing solo. 
that he plays. And you were in studio with David Gilmore also? Oh, my God. That was a life-changing experience. Let's hear it, Kyle. No more lines tonight so you want just a loving time Jump to that solo. We can all go crazy when we hear David Gilmore. It's gonna take me a second. What? <laughs> you get on I that just right immediately. Now. We have people here. Four minutes. <laughs> we have pe- Such a great solo. Oh my God. And that song is uh that song is a six minute and forty four second song. That doesn't seem like a Berlin song at that he length. He just played Bob Ezrin, mm-hmm. who produced the third album, who produced The Wall, brought him in and he put a loop of that part onto the um, into his headphones and he just played for 20 minutes oh and Bob God. cut it down and that's what he did on the wall wow. he just took I mean for 20 minutes he played God I sat there and listened to him and I thought and I said to him I'll have your children I will do anything you ever want for the rest of your life if you will just marry me and keep doing that forever he turned you down yeah he did he was already married. Nah, jerk. That was it. Purposefully called Pink and Velvet because because of Pink Floyd. No, yeah. it was called no. I I had written that song already, and I didn't know David Gilmore was going to come in and play on it. I mean, it, I wrote it. There was a a book I read called Christian F about a heroin addict. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Teenager, so I wrote it for her. Oh wow! And uh, Bill and Bob brought in David Gilmore. That's amazing. Mike yeah. Siegel just walked in. Mike Siegel, this is Terry Nunn from Berlin. Hi, Mike Siegel. Mike, we had a we had a rock solid exclusive. She said she's never said this before. Uh, Take my breath away. That's really just a Terry Nunn solo song. What? The band doesn't play on it. Yeah. Really? Yeah. How about that? That is true. That's amazing. Thank you. I had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Um, Other songs, I other songs that are great on this. I mean, I love this. I really like Count Three and Play. I think. Thank you. I'm sorry. Count Three and Play. I kind of like your version. That's kind of cool. Count Count Three three and play. Play. Yeah, yeah, I, I like, like that. that. Can you tell Mike what uh, what you called Kyle earlier? Artie. <laughs> <laughs> How great is that? I don't know where it came from. You know, I was saying all kinds of literally, weird things. Literally. Sorry, though. Mike. Sorry, Artie. Uh, Kyle. <laughs> one more. I want to tell you one more thing, Mike. Did you know she auditioned to be Princess Leia? Yes, I did. Okay, shut up, Mike. <laughs> Other, other songs uh, that I love on this album are like Flames mm. and You Don't Know. This yeah. this has some great 
Thank you. How do you put together a set list at this point? Because you want to play new stuff. Depending on where we are. Because, mm -hmm. yeah, there's a lot of songs. So the coasts tend to be a little more eclectic. Mm -hmm. Oh, the, cool. You know, the Midwest kind of likes more meat and potatoes, let's party songs. All right, cool. You know, it depends. So let's depends talk. Depends on the audience. Let's talk. Uh, are, you are you okay? You still hanging in there? <laughs> are you good? I mean, are you good Do if I we look talk? Kind of strange. You don't look strange. Okay, thank you. Um, so after this album, the band breaks up. Yes. What happens there? Then I do the solo album. No, I know that. I'm asking, why did the band break up? What happened with the? We just. <laughs> what if I just let that go? When you I go, look then I did back, the solo album, and I just went, oh, okay. Why? When I look back, honestly. Yes. yes. We were tired and okay. sick of each other. And we were too young to know that. I mean, we mm -hmm. made it about, oh, you don't know where the band's supposed to go and I do bullshit, mm -hmm. which wasn't real. What was true was we never stopped because the label didn't want us to stop. No. And we were too young to say we need a break. Right. So what happened really was we were just tired Burned and out. needed a break okay. and, and took one. For a long, 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 long time. Yeah, there's there's no Berlin al albums right until, until 2002, 2002 yeah. with Voyeur. Right. But at this point, it's not the Berlin that we know. It's right. it's Terry Nunn's version of Berlin. Yes. How did you get the name from these guys? I bought it. It you, was available. It was available. Wow. Yeah, John let it go because he was doing. Mm -hmm. Mad science. Mm -hmm. he, he was out of music entirely at that point. So he let the name go. And so when you buy the name, is he is he cool with it? Not at all. Oh, boy. No, he wasn't Here happy. Here we go. No. All but right. there was nothing he could do. But now we know that you're writing together again, so it's all water it's under all the bridge. It's all good now. Yeah. You guys were on, uh, on Bands Reunited. Yes. And the original, everyone got together. Yes. Let me tell you something about this Bands Reunited show. Listeners will know this. My friend Jimmy Pardo and I, he's a comedian. He's a successful comedian. He's not like me. He's successful. Uh, we were brought in to help create that show. And Jimmy was the host. And we did the pilot. Uh, I wrote the pilot, and Jimmy was the host of it. And uh, the band that we used in the pilot was Wire Train. And then, uh, then they moved on without me and Jimmy. Why? Because they're network jerks. And what do you mean they moved on? They, they moved took, on. They took your idea? It wasn't, we didn't come in with that idea. They brought up, they had this idea for a show called Bands Reunited. Okay. They brought Jimmy and I in to help them workshop it. Okay. And to shoot a pilot. Okay. And every idea that we gave them, they said they did not like that idea. Okay. When the series premiered and we watched the show, every idea we gave them, they used. They just walked away without you? Yeah. I'm sorry. That sucks. Yeah. And I'm kind of mad at you because you did that show. No, I did. We were the first show. It was great. It was a great episode. Yeah, Richard Blade brought us yeah. in because he was hosting it. You know what? I, you know what bummed me out about that show? And this is kind. Of, this is the kind of stuff I would say to them. They would go to someone's house. Right. Okay, they would go to your house and then knock on the door. Yeah. And you'd open the door. Yeah. And then after that, they would go inside and get a shot from the other side of the door opening, so you could see the host. And I would say, well, what? There wouldn't be cameras in the house unless she, if she didn't know we were coming, and they were, they were like, people are dumb. They, they don't know that. And I'm like, no, that's terrible. You can't, you can't get a shot of the host from inside the house. And they were just like, maybe that's why they let us go. Maybe I was too difficult. 
But that doesn't make sense, right, Mike? <laughs> it's ridiculous. I'm like, no, people aren't dumb. They're going to know when she opens that door and you see the host from her point of view that there's a camera in the house. But anyway, that's the last time the band, the original members played together was for Bands Reunited. At that point, yes. And you played at the, the Roxy? Yes. I think? You sold that out? That's right. Was yeah. that exciting? Was everyone excited about it? It was exciting to reconnect, especially with John, mm-hmm. because we hadn't spoken in seven years. And I wanted to reconnect with him. Cool. Yeah. Thank him for giving my kids a college education. <laughs> you know, the stuff we did together yeah. was big. Yeah. And why be in a fight when so many beautiful, wonderful things happen with what we did? I wanted to heal that. And that show helped to heal that. Well, well I take full credit then. <laughs> <laughs> Well, what's great Thank about you, it, what's Pat. great about it at that point, he's doing his thing, uh, married, and he's mm-hmm. got kids, and he's getting some mailbox money from the publishing, and yeah. you're able to go out and and see the fans and perform the music, and you're able to make a living from the performing mm-hmm. of it. So that was kind of that worked out on both ends. Yes. Uh, let's play something from um, from Voyeur. Let's hear a little bit of Blink of an Eye. What do you do for 11 years between albums? What do you do to keep yourself busy? I got a life. Got a life. Got married. Married. And had a baby. Played around. Played around. Yeah. Did the solo album. Mm-hmm. Worked with Andrew Eldridge from Sisters of Mercy on something he was doing. Worked with a jazz artist, Dan Siegel, on his album. I just had fun. You wrote songs for Voyeur with uh, Billy Corgan? Uh, I did write a song with Billy Corgan. Yeah. Was that cool to work with him? Yeah. Yeah, he's wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. Um and now Berlin is it's it's a thing. It's a thing again. It hasn't since 2002. Mm-hmm. It's Berlin. Yeah. I like and you you're not billed as uh, Berlin with Terry Nunn or Terry Nunn in mm-hmm. Berlin. You just go yeah. out as Berlin. Mm-hmm. I like that. Thanks. I like that you do that. You know, you know that the name uh means something to people. Mhm. You know? I don't know what to say to that. I don't know Is either. there a question? No, there's not. <laughs> not a good interview. <laughs> uh, your solo album also has a song written by Rick Ocasek on it. Yes. When uh, when I hear that song, it, it sounds just like it sounds like a Rick, Rick Ocasek, Ocasek song. So Kyle, if you you have that queued up, let's hear a little bit. The song's called "Fly by Night." They wanna fly forever And when you come away It's your holiday You gotta fly by night Once in a while 
Yeah, that sounds just like it could be wow. on a Rico Kasich solo album. I was really honored that he gave us a song. Are these that songs, are, cool. you, are you rethinking the set list because of the songs I'm playing? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, what was it like recording Animal when you are, you're in charge now. You are like, you're, you're in charge of everything. You don't have to, you know. Hmm, what was it like? Yeah. It was exciting because I loved what everybody brought to it. Mm. And I loved the whole EDM undercurrent to it. But with the Berlin message on top. Who are the who's the, who are the, you want to give a shout out and tell us who the current band members are? Right now? Sure. Uh Dave Schultz comes from the Goo Goo Dolls and General Public. What does he play? He plays keys. Okay. And Carlton comes from Orgy and The Dreaming and there's another band that I'm forgetting, but he's wonderful. What does he play? He plays guitar. Okay. And then Chris Olivas, I, he's been with me so long, he hasn't been in any, any other bands. We've been together 16 years. I'm going to guess he's on drums? Yes, he's on drums. <laughs> because you know how I guess that, right? That's all that's left. Right. What if I would have said, let me guess, trombone? Well, you could have said bass, because <laughs> we don't have a bass player in the what band. What the? How's that work? <laughs> are we bass key? Are we because doing bass every, keys? Yeah, I mean, is he doing most a Rayman, of Berlin was thing? Keys, keyboard bass. Mm-hmm. So we have it on track. All right. Are you annoyed with me right now? No. You, are you you're, having you're fun? fun? You seem like you're having fun. I'm having fun. All right. Do I seem like I'm having fun? You do fun? seem like you're having fun. Thanks. Uh, are you were, having fun? Of course. Your hand, I've had, except when Mike came in, I started not I know, you're to, kind of looking self-conscious now. He kind of brought me down a little bit, to be honest. Oh, really? Yeah. Is he blowing go, your buzz? Did you go wait in the car? <laughs> um, yes. Now, your handler said, um, is this an audio or an audio and video podcast? And I said, it's just audio. And she said, because Terry wants to know if she can. She yeah, do you have to like come in with TV makeup yeah. and all that shit? But, so I thought you were going to come in with like your hair in a bun and a baseball hat and <laughs> And some pajama pants. And you came in. You're all... Well, people will see because we're going to take a photo before you leave. You look uh, fantastic. Well, thank you. So what what do you look like if you have makeup done? I can't even imagine. I look like I'm TV ready. Uh, when we see the show at the Canyon, can he be on the guest list for that too? Mike? Yeah. Sure. Mike, are you around next Friday? No, I'm leaving. Fuck you, Mike. Um, <laughs> seriously, F him. Uh, Say, tell him. I would go otherwise. Tell him. He could stick in town, stick around. I I don't need to tell him that. He knows, right? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's hear uh, the title cut from Animal. I love when bands still make new music. Thank you for keeping the creative juices flowing. I might be drunk, Terry.
Is your is your husband? Uh, <laughs> I fucking love that song. What? That guy I wrote it with. Mm-hmm. He comes from a Catholic family. Mm-hmm. He didn't have sex till he was twenty eight years old. Okay, look. so it all went into this music that he writes, can and I, you can hear it, Mike. You know that's what why it's so hot, Mike. You know what I'm gonna say, don't you? Yeah. Okay, look. I'm gonna tell you something, Terry Nunn. That's what I call you. I call you with your full name. I was raised Catholic also. So you understand. I did not have uh, sexual relations with a lady <laughs> until I was 25. There you go. So now you understand why yeah. Animal is so hot. Because yeah. he just put it all in the music because that's all he could do. I didn't have music to put it into. <laughs> so you just, that, that's why you love music so much because yes. that was your sexual release. Hey, look at you, what you're saying. I like that. I get it. Okay. Anyway, um, I just hear it in this guy. When I heard this guy's music, it was like, oh my God. How, how did you meet him? Through another songwriter friend of mine, Marty Fredrickson, who... Oh yeah, Marty Fredrickson. Yeah, Fred- he's wonderful. Uh, he write, but he writes he, more mainstream. Yeah, yeah, Aerosmith and stuff like that. Right. Yeah, Sheryl uh, Crow. Yeah. And we've known each other since we were kids and we're starting out. So I said, hey, do you know anybody who's doing electronic music? I want to do a new album. I'm, you know... Working with people, and he said, "Yeah, my virgin, he said, my yeah, virgin I, buddy. I got this guy. I got this guy who came in, and he's he yeah, never had sex. He's he didn't know that, but he said, I got this guy who came in, and he's his his. It's all electronic stuff, and he played me some of the stuff. Fuck me, it was just so good. His name is Derek Canavo, and so we started working together. And cool, thank you, Derek. Yeah. Thank you, Derek. Is your um is your husband musical? No." Do you, uh, so when you're working and you're writing a song, do you run it by, when you run it by him, does he like, yeah, that sounds cool, I guess? Yes. Yeah. Yes. What about uh, your daughter? she have any, uh, can she sing? She loves music, but she's not a singer. She's a dancer. She's a dancer. Yeah. She wants to be a ballerina. No. I know. I'm kidding. Hip hop. Hip hop. She likes hip hop. Wow. Dancing. And she's good? She is an athlete. Oh, okay. She is really good at Soccer. She's one of the star players. Uh, and you were not athletic. Not really. Was your husband athletic? Very. Oh, okay. So that's where yeah, it comes from. Because sometimes guy. people have an athletic kid and you go, I don't know where this is coming from. Because none of us have, uh, we fell down just bringing the groceries in. <laughs> uh, let's do some promoting. I you are to- funny. Well, thank you. Mike, see? Why don't you do stand-up anymore? Uh, you know what? I, I just like to be funny on the fly. I like to okay. just in the moment be funny. The, the thought of writing out, you know, some bits and then honing it and, and all not that. Not exciting you. No. So you don't like, like okay. work. But like, <laughs> you don't like to work. <laughs> but like, if I just say something, if I say something off the cuff and he laughs or you laugh or Mike laughs or anyone I'm around laughs, that's what really gives me the charge because I don't know okay. where it came from, but I know that I have that in my back pocket somewhere. Okay. So I feel like I'm in therapy right now. Because <laughs> you're very much, okay, okay. Let's do some promoting. You, on Twitter, you are at Real Terry Nunn. Yes. Because apparently there's a fake Terry Nunn out there. Yes, there are a few. Did, and they, and they're just, they just pretend I don't know, they you. just have websites and call themselves Terry Nunn. It's ridiculous. And have pictures. And so follow her, or follow you, on at Real, Real Terry Nunn. Uh, the band's website is berlinpage.com berlinpage.com that's where you find all the upcoming tour dates yes um, 
Do you know I think well, you know what I can find uh Kai, you want to find the uh the upcoming yeah, tour dates and give them? Thank you for giving us your time tonight. Well, they're coming up here in Los Angeles mm-hmm. on my birthday is the Rose in Pasadena. And then the next one here is Starlight Bowl, Burbank, July thirtieth. And uh, this episode will drop on June 2nd, and I think okay. June 4th is when you are... That's our first show at the Canyon Club. of this whole season, yeah, mm-hmm. and the Canyon. The, um, the Rose is, is, a, is a cool venue. Yeah, that's June 25th. I saw Ricky Lee Jones there a couple weeks ago, a couple months ago now. Chuckies in love. Sometimes she doesn't play that song. Love that song. Can you believe that? Dude. Yeah. I looked at the, I was looking at I looked at the set list prior to going. I'm like, ooh, a couple of nights she didn't play it. That would suck. I know. But that was kind of like seeing Trent Nine Inch Nails with Jane's Addiction play nothing that I knew, and uh, I was like, are you kidding me? You know, you got all these songs you spent years yeah. writing right. that yeah. we love, yeah, and you're not gonna play. That it. was on the Ninja Tour, right? It sucks so bad. Did you see that tour, Kyle? No, I saw they like extended the leg. Because they announced they were doing a farewell tour, mm-hmm. so I saw the wave goodbye portion of like they just okay. extended their dates. And then did they change up the set list then? Yeah, thank and God. Jane's it wasn't with Jane's, Jane's killed. They played everything that you knew, you know, and it was like great, you know, because that's what you go for to hear the songs you know. I would that's assume the point. I would assume three shows in, Trent Reznor should have said, you know what, I think we got to change it up a little bit. <laughs> he doesn't care. He doesn't. No, he didn't that night. <laughs> Oh, well, maybe you save that for when you're on mic. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's when you tell that story. <laughs> Mike's talking in the background. Nobody can hear him. Um, what, what did you find? What are the tour? Yeah, so um, on June 4th, they're at the Canyon Club. Yeah, we're um, going to be there. Guest June, list. June 11th, they're at Big Bear Lake. Big Bear. At okay. the Cave. Mm-hmm. And uh, June 25th, they're at the Rose. And then you go to Australia for a few weeks. Yeah. And you come back on uh, July 30th at Burbank. And then we got yeah. Chicago and Wisconsin. Yeah, Las Vegas, Chicago. Milwaukee, Las Vegas. What if, it, what if when you play in Big Bear that it's actually, you're actually in a cave? It's just a cave. Someone booked it. It's not a cave. It's a really cool club. It's called the Cave, though, isn't it? Yeah, huh? we're kind of mm-hmm. doing our warm-up shows in June. So uh so when we see you at the Canyon Club, you'll be working out you'll be working out the set list in your hometown to get ready to take it on the Yes, because that's really my hometown. That's only ten minutes from where I live. Yeah. Yeah. It's like uh and it's ten minutes from where I live, but from the other direction. So that, that's right. That'll be fun. Um Terry, thank you so much for being Aww. here. Um, thank you for having me. You're welcome. I hope you had fun. I had a great time. I can tell you because um I always I always know uh what shows the listeners are going to like when I have guests on. And I guarantee you, they're definitely going to love this one. <laughs> Seriously, they are. Because um, the the, pe- the people that are best are the ones that are just uh, open and honest and fun. And uh, anyone who says, uh, what I want to drink is wine, is obviously <laughs> going to come in and have some fun. Um, so uh, we also get, you know, like we'll get a lot of listeners that will probably email and be like, oh, I forgot about this song or, oh, I didn't, I've never heard this and they'll buy it on iTunes. Yeah. Or, I yeah. totally forgot about a lot of songs that you <laughs> played of mine. Let me ask you this. Thank you. I'm going to ask you what you want. I'm going to tell you some songs that I have queued up. What would you like us to play out with? Why don't we play out with something from Animal since that's your most recent album? Okay. Here's what I have queued up. Blame it on the world, stand up, or don't make me regret it. Do you like, uh, do you like any of those? 
What if she said she didn't? Don't make me regret <laughs> it. Okay, we'll play out with don't make me regret it. But before we go, you can follow Kyle at Kyle Dotson Funny. Or Artie Dotson Funny. <laughs> Artie, Artie, not funny. Um, you can follow us at, Thank Rock, you, Solid, Kyle. at Rock Solid Show. Yeah. I'm at Pat underscore Francis. Uh, go to iTunes and buy Berlin Music. Voyeur needs to be put on iTunes. It's not up there. Seriously? Voyeur's not there. Oh, okay. Foreplay is, and you guys do a great uh, version of The Dope Show, which is one of my favorite Marilyn Manson songs. Thank you. So uh, go to iTunes. Uh, if we played songs tonight like um, like Pink and Velvet, go to iTunes and buy that. And uh, put a little money in the mailbox money for Danny and Nunn. What if I talk to? What if I talk to us like this? That's what you're going to do. I don't do. know. It's kind of weird. Uh, I can't wait to hear uh, whatever new music you and the the guys from Berlin are the working on. The original Berlin guys. That will be the next album. Uh, and let me ask you this: You write songs with these guys. Then are these guys going to join the 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 current band? There for might some shows? be a tour. Holy balls! Yeah, that's holy An- balls. That's another rock solid exclusive. That's big holy balls. <laughs> next Friday or next Saturday at the Canyon Club, if you say holy balls on the stage. Will that make your night? <laughs> I will shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> Kyle, play us out with uh, the song that Terry said, which I forgot the title. Don't make me regret Yes, of course. Thank, Thank you, Terry. Pat. Oh, I can't push you away now. I've already opened up. And I don't even know how. I've already given you so much. Oh, it's easy to figure find cars like these on auto trader like that car riding right your tail or if you're tailgating right now all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on auto trader too are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time well multitasking pro cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on auto trader new cars used cars electric cars maybe even flying cars okay no flying cars but as soon as they get invented they'll be on auto trader just you wait auto trader